Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from the Lancet Respiratory Medicine. I'm Catherine Rolfe and this month we are joined by an author of a paper which investigates the diagnosis of chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis in patients with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Let's hear from him introducing himself. Hello, I'm Ganesh Raghu, Professor of Medicine and Laboratory Medicine at the University of Washington in Seattle in the United States of America. I'm also the director of the Center for Interstitial Lung Disease and direct the Interstitial Lung Disease Sarcoid and Pulmonary Fibrosis Program at the University of Washington Medical Center in Seattle. Professor Ganesh Raghu, thank you for joining us today. Could you start by telling us the background and rationale for conducting this study? Yes. The clinical features of idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis are well known to be indistinguishable. So therefore, the need to eliminate all causes associated with pulmonary fibrosis is critical before a clinician diagnoses a patient with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. And one of the main factors are the environmental factors, and often the environmental factors are occurred and known to cause pulmonary fibrosis in the patient suspected to have idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. So it is extremely critical to evaluate such occurred factors in the diagnostic evaluation of a patient suspected to have idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. And thus we aimed to investigate occult putative causes in the environment of patients diagnosed with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis using tests that are beyond conventionally used um, in the management of idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. And what is the design of this study? And can you explain the main findings of the paper? This is a prospective evaluation of patients who were diagnosed as idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis based on published diagnostic criteria for idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis in the official document published by the American Thoracic Society co-sponsored by European Respiratory Society in year 2000 and subsequently revised as update in 2011. So this is a prospective case cohort study and 60 consecutive patients who were diagnosed with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis on the basis of the 2000 ATS-ERS guideline criteria were prospectively followed diligently every four to, four to six months for six years during the period of 2004 and 2009. And at each visit, a very meticulously, specifically designed, uniformly applied questionnaire were administered to these 60 patients in an attempt to identify occult antigen exposure known to cause hypersensitivity pneumonitis. And thus, we were very meticulous in the questionnaires that we gave the patients to hopefully discover potential causes that could have been otherwise attributable to the patient's diagnosis of idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Sometimes we even went um, to the patient's home to determine the uh, sources of the potential antigen exposures. So patients underwent a really meticulous evaluation that included serology, bronchial lavage, bronchial challenge testing, and we really reviewed the histopathological features in existing surgical lung biopsy and, and also obtained some more surgical lung biopsies 
during the study period. So, so indeed, it was a very prospectively designed study in an attempt to discover the occult antigens that could otherwise be contributing to the pulmonary fibrosis. And our findings were um, that almost half of the patients that were diagnosed with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis on the basis of 2011 criteria were subsequently diagnosed with chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis, and most of these cases were actually attributed to exposure of occult or hidden antigens from a source of the bird or avian antigens, as we call, from commonly used feather beddings and duets and pillows. The study also fo focused only on the 46 patients of the 60 patients who met the new criteria published in the 2011. So these 60 patients we started out with were from the original criteria from 2000. And since the 2011 guidelines came subsequently, we adopted the 2011 guidelines to diagnose patients with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis in order to be in keeping with the present guidelines. So the study focused on the analysis on these 46 patients who met the criteria for diagnosis of IPF based on 2011 guidelines. There are no formal guidelines or gold standard for the diagnosis and investigation of chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis. How did you decide on the criteria used in this study? That, that is a, a good question. While it is true that there are no formal guidelines or gold standard for the diagnosis and investigation of chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis, but the clinical features of the hypersensitivity pneumonitis and chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis has been well known to experts in interstitial lung disease, pulmonary fibrosis, and hypersensitivity pneumonitis. And the diagnosis of hypersensitivity pneumonitis is often based on constellation of symptoms and signs in a patient exposed to antigens known to induce the hypersensitivity pneumonitis. To my knowledge, the guidelines for this clinical evaluation of hypersensitivity was published a long time ago as a report of a subcommittee on hypersensitivity pneumonitis that was led by Hal Richardson, and that was in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology back in 1989. And subsequently, a multi-center prospective study established the criteria for the clinical diagnosis of hypersensitivity pneumonitis. So the criteria used on this study was based on the accumulated clinical experience reported in the literature, as well as published criteria by ourselves which was led by Dr. Marol's group, where 86 cases of birds breeders disease were published in the medical journal um, back in 2008. So, so these were all an accumulated experience based on the criteria that we established for the study purposes as well as those published. And in this regard, Dr. Morrell's group in Barcelona have been studying patients with hypersensitive pneumonitis for several years and in fact have regional expertise as well as established laboratory to conduct testing such as bronco challenge testing using extracts from samples obtained from the patient's environment. So overall, the criteria that we used has been established in the literature, but not as a formal guidelines per se. So that is how we established the criteria. 
And you chose to investigate patients for chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis exposed to feather pillows and duvets, which is quite commonplace in the general population. Can you explain the rationale for this and what results you had from doing this? Yeah, the antigens from the birds or avian species, so-called avian antigens, are in fact common etiological agent for hypersensitivity pneumonitis and chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis um, in patients from domestic environmental factors. And that's the prudent clinician who is aware of the factors known to cause hypersensitivity pneumonitis must elicit a history of exposures to avian antigen. And in fact, in my own center, we established criteria or questionnaires, and my fellows and residents often miss this point. And when I go and see patients, I disclose and discover that the patient may be exposed to subtle avian antigens that they may not surface in the history elicitation, like bird droppings on their patios or sills and, and, and uh, bird feeders very close to their uh, house are all subtle factors that need to be exposed during history elicitation. And thus, based on our own previous experience, including Dr. Farron Morrell's, exposure to subtle avian antigens via feather pillows and duvets has caused chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis in patients. And so our index of suspicion for the clinical diagnosis of uh, hypersensitivity pneumonitis in a patient who are referred to us for evaluation of pulmonary fibrosis, of phenolytiology, and often the community physician labeling the patient as idiopathic just because they may not have elicited uh, the appropriate history is very high. And so we deliberately ask such questions while evaluating patients with the interstitial lung disease and pulmonary fibrosis. And as I said, this has been in fact published by Dr. Murrell's group as well, that the hypersensitivity pneumonitis exposure to feathers duet were in his uh, practice or in Barcelona's uh, uh, University of Barcelona practice as well. So, so this was our clinical index of suspicion was indeed very high to raise the uh, possibility of the feather pillows and duvets as a possible factor. And the percentage of idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis patients that ended up having a different diagnosis of chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis was quite high. Can you discuss the implications of this? Yeah. Um, as, 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 as I had said earlier, we focused on the patients who were diagnosed with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis based on the 2011 criteria. So there were 46 of these patients who met the criteria for the diagnosis of idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. And when we subjected these 46 patients to the meticulous evaluation, so it turned out that 43% of the patients had chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis based on the established criteria. And 16 of the 46 patients had usually slept with feather duvets or pillows or both. And among the 16 patients using the feather bedding or duvets, 63% had a final diagnosis of chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis. So I believe the apparent increased prevalence of the chronic hypersensitive pneumonitis in this patient population is primarily because of our high index of suspicion for, for the diagnosis and deliberately eliciting a history and doing a meticulous evaluation that clinched the diagnosis of chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis. 
And finally, what do the findings mean for clinical practice and the current idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis guidelines? And what further research needs to be done? Well, our findings alerts the clinicians confronted with the patients suspected to have IPF to be more prudent than they are in eliciting a very thorough history to surface the occult factors in the patient's environment. And when such exposure history is elicited, the diagnosis of hypersensitivity pneumonitis, especially the chronic one, must be pursued before concluding the patient to have IPF, as the radiological and the clinical features of chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis and IPF are very similar. So our research simply emphasizes the need to elicit a thorough history, and that has been actually reiterated in both published guidelines. So our findings emphasizes or really alerts the physician to be a little bit more thorough than he or she has been in raising the probability of the diagnosis of hypersensitivity pneumonitis for subtle factors, such as the feather duets and pillows. So when, again, such a history is elicited, I think the clinician's index of suspicion will then direct towards other prompting diagnostic interventions, such as bronchial lavage, obtaining specific serology, and even referral to regional centers with experience in evaluation and management of chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis. Indeed, you know, this has implications for the diagnosis of IPF, and regrettably, there are no validated questionnaires that can be utilized for, for surfacing such occult antigens, and the 2011 guidelines does acknowledge that there were no validated questionnaires and, uh, and alerts the reader to a questionnaires that has been developed by the American College of Chess Physicians but such questionnaires will need to be validated, and this study will hopefully prompt such future studies to utilize a proper questionnaires, including the, the prompted questionnaires, such as feather duets and pillows in the questionnaires, and hopefully there will be more patients diagnosed with the hypersensitivity pneumonitis. And the impact of this obviously is that you can prevent the disease progression by avoiding further antigens. So it has got treatment implications for therapy because corticosteroids are often used for patients with chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis. And avoidance of the antigens that are known to cause that has been discovered by the history elicitation and prompt treatment will indeed help aborting the disease progression and hopefully preventing other patients to manifest the disease, especially if the person is genetically predisposed to manifest hypersensitivity pneumonitis. Professor Ganesh Raghu, thank you for speaking with The Lancet Respiratory Medicine. Thank you very much.